This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, our first opportunity for 2022 to have a quote at all with Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins, who joins us on the line now. Morena and Happy New Year, Aaron. Kia ora, good morning, Jeff, and a Happy New Year to you too. It's a funny old thing, isn't it? You get to the end of 2021, and I think all of us probably felt as though, gosh, you know, we deserved a wee bit of a break from getting through what was a tough year. But it feels like there might well be another tough year ahead of us. Certainly the coming months feel a bit uncertain, and we've already seen uh, some significant impacts from the uh, Omicron wave of uh, COVID-19 coming through the country. It's uh, been a disappointing start in many respects for those who had events planned. Yeah, and I think uh, the difference between the end of last year and the end of the year before is that I don't think any of us were kidding ourselves to think that 2022 was was going to be um, all glorious uh, in the in the COVID-19 pandemic. I think it, this is the, the third year we're in now, and particularly for those of us at this end of the country, it's going to be uh, the hardest year. Um, it, it's certainly going to be disruptive. Uh, and we just don't know how yet, which means that uh, things won't necessarily go according to plan and, and some things will be uh, delayed. And I think we just need to be uh, patient with, with ourselves and each other, actually, as we go through, particularly, as you say, uh, the next few months. But as always, uh, the first uh, hit and the last to recover uh, in, in, the, in the face of public health measures is uh, our event sector, uh, our our performing arts sector for whom people gathering together in large numbers is fairly critical uh, and, and and now have months um, of, uh, of, of of time where uh, there is no uh, opportunity or will be no opportunity for many of them to, uh, to earn a living from their professional labour and without the, the supports that have been available previously through uh, the wage subsidy and, and other mechanisms that government made available uh, through through earlier lockdowns and and that's uh, something uh, I raised with uh, or, and continue to raise with uh, government officials on the uh, the many um, calls that we have with them dealing with omicron preparedness um, you know if, if it were the the retail sector or the hospitality sector or uh, the agriculture sector that weren't able to trade at all uh, for extended periods of time we would anticipate uh, a more urgent uh, response I think and, and so it is uh, disappointing uh, to some degree that uh, so many uh, people in, in that community have uh, have been left to fend for themselves. But hopefully, you know um, uh, that that will uh, that will come good, and and the support that is needed to make sure that we have a an events and arts sector to come back to when we get through the other side of COVID nineteen uh, will be forthcoming. You have said that as a city, we're in a better position than we have previously previously been to cope. Uh, you, I guess ultimately you'd have to be pleased with the, the high vaccination rates, but the job ain't finished yet. Yeah, it, it's certainly uh, some comfort to know that we have such a highly uh, vaccinated population, but uh, Omicron is a, is a different uh, beast than the one that we were trying to combat with, with, the, with the vaccination programme, but still offers, a, uh, offers people, particularly if they are uh, boosted, a far greater degree of uh, of protection than than were they not. So uh, that's certainly something that will uh, that will uh, mitigate uh, the damage. But there will be you know and and 
but in similar places in, in Australia, uh, equally have uh, fairly high uh, or, or comparable vaccination rates, and we've seen what's uh, what's happened there. Uh, and at a estimate come good that uh, 20 to 30 percent of your workforce may be either sick and and self-isolating or a close contact of someone who is sick and self-isolating, then uh, that will uh, absolutely uh, be disruptive um, right across um, right across the community. And, and those are the sorts of things that, uh, that people need to be thinking about. And uh, so getting boosted if you can, if it's been more than four months since your last uh, vaccination, but also uh, having a plan for how you will uh, cope if you have to spend at this point up to uh, 24 days isolating at home, making sure that you can get adequate, uh, but no more than necessary, uh, groceries and, and, and medicines and uh, and those uh, sorts of things, because uh, the signal from government is quite clear that the, the bulk of uh, of an outbreak such as that will be dealt with with people uh, isolating uh, at home, and and it's a big shift uh, mentally for us here in Dunedin because you know we haven't had positive cases since May 2020. Uh, that's a long time ago, uh, and now uh, the, the the official messaging really from government is anticipate that you'll get sick or know people that will get sick, and that's a that's a, a big that is a big shift, and, and it's understandable that. Uh, that people are are, are anxious uh, for what's to come over the next few months. Are you anxious at all about the Dunedin City Council's ability through what's coming to continue to deliver its essential services? No, we've got we've got fairly robust plans as we have done through all of the previous lockdowns to make sure that our critical services will remain uh, functional. You know, particularly things like. Um, uh, water water treatment and, and water services and 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 those sorts of things, um, but we are absolutely not immune uh, to the sorts of um, challenges that uh, that degree of absenteeism uh, would cause, and and there uh, absolutely um, uh, will be impacts on council's work program and um, and things that that won't happen as as quickly as we would like or in quite the same way as we would like and. It, it raises all sorts of questions for, particularly as we're about to go into a uh, into our uh, annual plan process, how we uh, are able to uh, communicate and engage with our with our community in, in a way that doesn't put them uh, at, at at unnecessary risk, but also doesn't exclude people in the way that uh, moving to online only platforms can. So, uh, those are all things that uh, that we are, are keeping an eye on, and as government. Advice uh, evolves. It will undoubtedly in the in the weeks and months ahead. Uh, we'll continue to to adapt as best we can. We've seen an amazing response from Pacific communities, particularly in the North Island, to the events in Tonga. Um, in, in terms of the the local response, um, you've been in touch with uh, local Tongan representatives and so forth. Yeah, absolutely devastating. The the situation in Tonga made worse, obviously, in the early uh, in the early stages when there was abs- there was no possibility of communication back home for for uh, the Tongan community living here in Aotearoa, and and that is um, that is an incredibly stressful situation to be in. Uh, they um, they invited me to uh, to a prayer service and and Talanoa a, a discussion that. The, the community held and ran uh, on Friday of last week. Um, 
uh, I'd been in touch with Pacific Trust Otago and, and, and others in the community earlier on, but we were keen to take our lead from from them in terms of determining uh, what would be needed uh, and, and what would be helpful. Uh, and the, the desire of the local Tongan community very much is uh, to support at a grassroots level um, family to family, so families here supporting uh, families back home. And, and so uh, they've been organising or coordinating a, a series of, of um, collections of various kinds. There's a, there's a food collection at, at the Sydney Public Hospital and another collection being uh, run out of the Methodist Mission uh, office uh, at an Oxford Street in South Dunedin, uh, but they didn't have a, have a means of uh, getting anything there. Um, and so, uh, thankfully, with the support of, of Port Otago, they've, um, they've brought in a, a container that will be arriving next week for all of those things uh, to be loaded up uh, and taken back at least as far as Auckland uh, and, and potentially uh, all the way back over uh, to Tonga. But... Um, it's uh, it's been uh, as always a, a remarkable response, not just from the Tongan community uh, specifically, but um, the, the Pacifica community uh, more uh, more widely. Uh, and and you know, we we stand ready to support them in in any way that would be helpful. Let's turn to matters of transport. Um, Dunedin Railways Limited announcing that it was withdrawing its request for proposals to acquire its rolling stock um, after the company accepted it was possible the assets could be useful in future scenarios. Um, So a big turnaround there. Um, But let's talk about the useful future in future scenarios question and 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 you know where is the Dunedin City Council uh, with on um, helping to generate some ideas about that yeah so the, the advice that we'd been given from uh, from the board was that the assets they wanted to dispose of uh, hadn't been used for a number of years and were unsuitable for use on Kiwi Rail uh, tracks, which we need to use to get out to the, the tracks that uh, that we own, uh, and and similarly um, health and safety liability concerns really, uh, and uh, through the through the discussions in in more recent weeks, uh, there appear to be uh, further questions around that, and, and so I think it's sensible to to pause that discussion. Uh, while while some of those uh, issues get uh, get worked through, and, and we have some more some more clarity on that, uh, but as you say, the the bigger picture is a is a piece of work that um, is already underway. Uh, we uh, we at council um, resolved to support effectively the uh, the, the status quo uh, for the railway company, which is uh, running uh, limited. Uh, tourism product services over the summer uh, for the next couple of years, and for that to be funded um, uh, by the by the holdings company, uh, to allow us time to to think about uh, what the the best ongoing use for not just the the rail assets but the wider rail corridor uh, would be in the in the medium to longer term. So uh, that work, which includes um, uh, involvement from uh, the the Otago uh, Excursion Trains Trust and, and other interested parties uh, waiting for uh, and, and including groups like the Central Otago Rail Trail who are doing uh, some feasibility work about how we might uh, better integrate uh, our, our rail uh, 
product and 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 cycle tourism, which is obviously a growing industry, particularly for domestic tourism. I mean, it's anybody's guess uh, as to the impact that the current pandemic situation will have on particularly international visitors and international tourism in the longer term. Um, but it certainly isn't going to come back uh, this year or or this summer. So uh, we have some time to think about uh, how we best uh, how we best use the assets, both built and and natural, uh, that we have uh, from a um, from a visitor point of view. Finally, Aaron, um, to the chestnut of the. Uh traffic systems through the centre of our city. We've seen the AA come out this week and say that um, the DCC's lack of faith in the one-way system through the city centre flies in the face of what the public wants. We've got uh, Waka Kotahi with a different view than the council on what should be happening with their one-way systems too. AA saying they surveyed their members, 75% of them opposed uh, any idea that the uh, one-way systems shouldn't be retained. You know, at what point does um, public opinion make a difference here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd question the um, the AA survey methods. We certainly didn't receive one uh, as, as members of their organisation, and, and I think increasingly uh, their uh, their leadership is becoming further and further removed from uh, from uh, the desires and ambitions of its of its membership, but. Uh, the and 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 Wakutahi effectively uh, did a piece of work that said that there are two options uh, that are viable. Uh, one would deliver you uh, better outcomes from a uh, from a, uh, a climate action point of view, from a from a travel transport choice point of view, from an amenity point of view, uh, and from a livable livable city point of view. Uh, and the other option would deliver you um, more reliable travel times. But it's also uh, a lot cheaper, uh, in, in their view, uh, and so that is their preferred option. But both of those uh, are certainly viable, uh, and it just depends on what your priorities are, if you like, uh, in terms of using the transport network as a way of getting um, better uh, social and, and environmental well-being outcomes for the city. The, the health impact assessment that was commissioned by uh, the New Dunedin Hospitals local advisory group was. Uh, even uh, less equivocal. Uh, it, it, it talks about how you get far better health and well-being outcomes uh, by pursuing an option uh, similar to uh, the alternative that was worked up uh, by Wakotahi uh, through that process. And, and they ran a series of focus groups with uh, regular and vulnerable users of the hospital system, including uh, disability advocates uh, and hospital staff and visitors from North Otago, uh, and 63 out of uh, 66 of those people who were engaged in a in a discussion uh, about the future uh, of that part of the city preferred uh, the alternative option. Uh, and I think uh, what is um, what is being um, what is what's unhelpful is that uh, in in the discussion here, uh, a lot of people who are advocates for the status quo uh, and don't see that the value in thinking differently about transport in a way that. I believe we have to, uh, pointing to an online survey that Wakakotahi ran uh, very early on in, in the process, asking people if they wanted to keep the situation as it currently is uh, or whether to make both of those one-way pairs uh, two-way streets. 
and that was um, you know fairly strong the, the, the feedback in terms of people not wanting to support change and uh, when it comes to the transport network generally uh, people aren't particularly enthusiastic about change but um, the debate has moved on from then uh, and the alternative uh, that has been worked up uh, through the business case process that Waka Kotahi ran uh, hasn't ever been uh, debated in the public realm. Uh, so to continue to point to that earlier survey as an indication that uh, the alternative has been, resound- uh, uh, has been resoundingly rejected by uh, public opinion uh, is, uh, is wrong. Um, and, and, we'll cont- and, and council doesn't have a, a position either way, but our, our preference is that we would use uh, a more uh, the more transformative alternative as a basis for a discussion as opposed to uh, the existing scenario that doesn't deliver on all of the things that um, we have made priorities for council. Uh, we believe that the alternative uh, equally is, is, does a better job of giving effect to the government's own priorities uh, through the government policy and statement on transport. Uh, and so um, and we will uh, work with uh, Wakotahi uh, over the coming uh, weeks and months to to continue on uh, this discussion. It is incredibly, it's an incredibly important decision. Uh, it's not one uh, that we want to uh, rush. Uh, you better to take longer, to take a take a bit more time and get it right. Uh, nor is it something that we want to see work backwards from. Uh, what is the cheapest thing for uh, for Wakatahi to deliver? Um, you know, this is uh, this is something that. Uh, we need to invest in. Um, we need to invest in thinking differently about our transport network if we're to have even the remotest chance of of giving effect to both the cities uh, and the country's uh, zero carbon ambitions. Is it a communications issue then? Do do does the general public need to have an opportunity to understand these options better? And how does that happen? Uh, we this isn't how I uh, how any of us wanted to have the. The conversation kick off. To be fair, I mean it wasn't our the, the, it wasn't our work, uh, and 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 Wakotahi, um for uh, their own reasons um, uh, didn't uh, had, hadn't released the, the the thinking that they had done. Uh, but absolutely, this is something that we need to to involve uh, to involve our community in a wider and more detailed and nuanced uh, discussion around uh, and and and. It may still be that a, that a, a majority of of people prefer the status quo, but um, that is uh, that is often the case. Um, but because it, it serves them fine uh, and for the time being, uh, but we need to think about um, the longer term implications of our decisions. We need to think about how we cater to a growing population. This doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's part of a, a wider series of transport projects, including getting heavy freight off the state highway system through the harbour arterial route, uh, through making um, public transport and, and active transport more feasible uh, and, and safer options for people to reduce the need for those who can uh, to have to travel uh, into and through the city um, by car as often as they currently do. Um, but we, but you know the, the, the longer term view and and taking a more uh, equitable uh, lens to these decisions means that we have to consider uh, interests that aren't necessarily going to be best served by um, the majority public opinion and and that's um, equally um, the same with all of our own uh, transport and urban design networks where uh, accessibility and inclusion 
uh, are things that are priorities uh, for uh, for this council uh, and will uh, continue to be whenever these sorts of debates come to the table. Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins, appreciate you giving us so much of your time this morning for our first quarter of 2022 uh, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again in a fortnight. Go well. Thanks, Jeff. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.